on. Good morning, everyone. Yes. Oh, I like that little good morning. That was good. Um, let's pray. Jesus, thank you. Lord, thank you for loving us. Lord, thank you for being our Father. This morning, God, you woke up and you were excited to be with us, God. And I'm just that picture that runs through my head, God, I'm grateful. I'm grateful that this morning, Lord, you're with us. And I pray that you would speak. I pray you would move. I pray you would do whatever it is you need to do this morning to speak to your kids. Whatever that is, God. Whether it's through this message, Lord, whether it was through worship, whether, whether it's through right now, you just continuing to love and speak to whatever situations are going on. Lord, you have the freedom. This is your place. So, Lord, help me share this morning. Help your word go forth. I pray that, we, that no one would leave here, Lord, being able to, to deny the presence of the living God. So we love you and just uh, await the, the amazing things that you're going to do in Jesus' name. Amen. So I was pumped leaving here last Sunday when I saw all of those tags hanging from that wall over there. That was so cool to, to see that and to see what God's doing. Don't forget about our 1215 wall, guys. Romans 12. 15, rejoice with those who, re, who rejoice. So get up there. Uh, if you have something that God's done and he's moved and, and he's doing something amazing, we want you to put it on that wall as a reminder, as this constant moment where you can walk in here and other people can walk in there. Because the cool thing was other people that have gone and looked at the wall have gone, man, God's moving. So if we can continue that, we just want to fill that wall as much as we possibly can. So make your way back there anytime uh, before or after uh, church, and we'll get that wall just covered. All right. Two weeks ago, we started on uh, our, our vision and talking about, we started with Vision Sunday. Last week, we talked about loving God. Today, we're going to talk about loving people and what that looks like and, and really how that functions and you know, before we start that, we got to make sure that everybody is clear um, of who we are and what my church is all about. So <clears throat> again, let's clear our throats, <clears throat> clear them up, clear them up. Yes, because you, you actually have to talk right now, okay, in church, and we're going to talk. I'm going to read it first. Somebody got something going on over here. Uh, Amber? <laughs> uh, my church is about loving God and people, meeting needs, and transforming lives, okay? Ready? The count of three. One, two, three. Awesome. That's what we're about, guys, and that's what we're going to continue to kind of go through and, and, and talk about and, and really, really break each one of these down and why they're important and what they really mean. Um, I, was, I was meeting with somebody this week, and, and they said something that, you know, I, I learned a few years ago and kind of when I took the, the church over, and he was talking to me and talking about, you know, kind of what a church should become and what a church should be. And, and really what that is is coming out of the person who's leading the church. 
A lot of times we start things and we do things and we put these goals and we put all these things out there. And the problem with it is they look nothing like you. But yet you try to become something that you're not. And through that, you struggle and you, and, and you're, and you just keep running into walls and you keep uh, you know, just chasing your tail around and round and round and really not getting anywhere. And for, for me, for my family, this is who we are. This is what my life looks like every day. It, I don't know how to do much, guys, but to love God and love people, meet needs, and be a part of transforming lives. I, I, I really don't know much of anything else. And so because of that, that's where this comes from. That's where this is about. It's because it's a lot of who I am and what God's done in my life. And, and I think there's not a better way to start something or be somebody because you already know who you are. And that's one thing about myself that I really understand is who I am and what I want to see God do. So it's important that we go over this and we remember these things and we uh, you know, constantly are trying to grow into them and become more through them. So the next one is one of the scriptures that just really coincide with both loving God and loving people. Teacher. Which is the greatest commandment in the law? Jesus replied, Love the Lord your God with all your heart, with all your soul, and with all your mind. This is the first and the greatest commandment. And the second is like, is like it. Love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. Last week, we, we covered the loving God part. And, 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 I, you know, and, and guys, that... <clears throat> That really has to come first, and that really has to be the first thing that we, that we wrap our hearts around. And, and even as the scripture calls us, it's not only our heart, but it's our soul and our mind that we really have to just wrap everything around that. And then we transition into the second part of the scripture, and that's to love your neighbor as yourself. I got to kind of stop there for a second because kind of going back to last week, there's a lot of us that have a hard time loving ourselves, right? We have a hard time with that. We have a hard time with loving ourselves. And, and I want to speak to that, and I want to be very short, and I want to be very, very brief about this. And I want to say this to you. Because God loves you, you can love yourself. Okay? Because God loves you, you can love yourself. Because God loves you, you can love yourself. Because you have somebody that is unconditionally loving you and giving you and, and, and emotionally meeting your needs, you have the ability to love yourself. Because it's through what he's doing, it's through the power of the Holy Spirit that is now empowering you through his love to be able to love yourself and love other people. But too often, you and I get stuck in this last part with loving yourself that we, just get, that we just get all bottled up and we feel like we can't do anything and we're in this continual pattern. And, and I'm going to show you an actual pattern this morning of, of what typically happens in that process. But when you come to the knowledge of the love that Jesus has for you guys, that empowers you and enables you to begin to love yourself past 
what you've done, past who you've been, because now you take on a new identity, and that identity is a child of God. That's your identity now. When you come to the knowledge of Jesus Christ, the book says that you now are his kid. And that's your identity now. And in that identity, that gives you the ability to love others like you love yourself. And that's hard to choose sometimes. It's, again, these two things, guys, loving God and loving people are, are probably some of, the, some of the greatest things that we deal with and don't come to terms with and then want to do and be what God wants us to be but yet we really haven't learned these two fundamentals first. And until we really learn these and until we really absorb these, it's going to be hard for you to do anything else. It's going to be hard for you to find purpose. It's going to be hard for you to constantly hear God because you're, gonna, because you're battling with and receiving his love and then battling with the ability to give that love away. So my hope this morning is that as we see this and we, and, we are, and we can begin to see some of the patterns and we can begin to see some of the things that get us to these places, but the love of God overcomes each and every one of them and allows us the freedom now to walk into what he has for us. So here's the next scripture, and it's Genesis 2, 18 through 22, and you know, we're, we're going all the way to the beginning of the book right now to, to really catch where this started and, and how loving people and how much God loves us, where that came from. And it says in verse 18, it says, The Lord God said, It is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. Now the Lord God had formed out of the ground all the wild animals and all the birds in the sky. He brought them to the man to see what he would name them. And whatever the man called each living creature, that was its name. So the man gave names to all the livestock, the birds in the sky and all the wild animals. But for Adam, no suitable helper was found. So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep. And while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and then closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man and brought her to the man. One rib. My wife is my rib, okay? You're supposed to laugh at that, guys. Come on. That was a good one. Ha, 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 ha. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Appreciate that. I'll be here all day. So we understand this here, guys. There's a phrase in that scripture. There's a phrase that we're going to really get into and, 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 and we're really going to address and we're going to go deeper with it. And, and the first thing that we notice through this scripture, this is the first time that we, that we see God address something with the statement, it's not good. Because up until this, this time, it was the point of creation. He had created animals. He had formed the earth. He had, he had done everything. And, and, and as you read it, it followed, and it was good. And it was good. And then we get to this point now, and we see for the first time of him saying something that says, it is not good. And in that, what he's beginning to show us is the value of relationship and the value of how much you and I need 
our aloneness to be removed. Because here's the picture. Adam had everything. Adam Adam was in there, and we see that he lived in a perfect world. Adam also possessed everything. Adam had an exalted position. Adam even enjoyed an intimate relationship with God and still was alone. Now, you and I, according to what people say and the way we think most of the time, that if we had all of that, we'd be way better off, right? If, if, if those material things were things that we possessed, we would be way better off and life would be so much better. And here's a guy by the name of Adam who is sinless at this point, has no pressures of the world. He himself can call out, named everything, called into uh, what we know today as the names of certain things. Adam's the one who, who did it. There was nobody higher on the food chain than Adam. He lacked nothing. But yet the one thing that he did lack was relationship. The one thing that he was, he was alone. And some of you find yourself, even today, feeling alone. And you wonder what's happening. You wonder where God is. You wonder what's going on. And at some time and some place, guys, you and I, we all feel alone. It's this thing that continues to happen. It's this thing that we see and that we constantly are bombarded by this sense of feeling alone. And some of us have chosen other ways to fill it. Some of us have chosen other ways to to meet that need. Some of us today have come to understand the destruction of that finding to fill this alone when has caused you. You're sitting here broken. You're sitting here still feeling alone, even though you've invaded your life with all of these outside things and still wondering, why do I feel like this? Why is this happening? And because of that, you can't love. Because of that, you have nothing to give away. And this morning, I, I want to begin to show you some of these patterns and some of these things that I, begin to be, that, that I believe begin to happen in, in this cycle that we keep going through. The first one is we feel alone. And then from feeling alone, there's a sense of needs that are unmet. And then we get to the knees are unmet. Then we get into what this thing called faulty thinking. We start thinking in unhealthy ways, which spurs negative feelings. From negative feelings, then we have unhealthy behaviors. From unhealthy behaviors, there's painful outcomes. And this is probably the one where I think we get ourselves in most of the trouble because when the painful outcomes begin to happen, you know who the first place you go to blame? God. That's where your blame begins to go. And, and all of this has happened because of God. 
So now I can't love God and I can't love people. Unable to remove someone else is aloneness. And then it's this ongoing cycle that goes around and round and round. And we really never figure out how to get out of it. And we constantly get stuck there. So guess what ends up happening is we do not know how to love people at all. Because we're stuck. And this is the pattern that it's supposed to be. And this is what happens when your aloneness is removed. When you're not alone... Your needs are being met. Then gets into healthy thinking, positive feelings, healthy behaviors, positive outcomes, and the best one of all, you're able to remove someone else is aloneness. And for some of us, guys, you, you can go, and I'll go back to the other one because it really says more is, Some of you are here and you're probably somewhere in this cycle currently right now is where you find yourself. You find yourself floating somewhere within those. And it's all because of some way, somehow, you felt alone. As we go on here, I really want you guys to begin to see some other things here that are, um, that are going to get us from feeling alone to actually feeling like we belong. So what's God trying to show us? Relationships remove aloneness, not facts, not logic or reason, but relationship takes care of that. We go back to that scripture, and God had, you know, he, he, he had everything set out there before Adam. He had everything that he wanted. He lacked for nothing. But because he didn't have relationship, he was very alone. So God began to take care of that. He creates woman to bring them together, and now their goal is to remove each other's aloneness. That's the first part. And it's only intimate relationships characterized by knowing, being known, and caring involvement that's going to begin to remove that. This word here, intimate, guys, the majority of of this world, the majority and culture that we live in have no idea what the word intimacy means today, right? Intimacy today is follows the word sex. That's being intimate. That's how I become intimate in this physical way. And actually, it's kind of far from that. Intimacy really comes with vulnerability. Intimacy, and it's been said, into me I see, is allowing somebody to get into the innards of who you are and what you're all about. That's intimacy. Marriage is probably struggling most of the time because within the life of marriage, you have not learned how to be intimate with one another. You have not learned how to share the deepest of deeps within you. Everything is surface and everything has to do with situation. 
And that's as far as the relationship is currently going. So right now, even though you're sitting next to somebody, oftentimes you feel very alone. To love people is to help them feel less alone than the first time you encountered them. That's the goal here, guys. In this next slide here, we'll begin to kind of see how do we start doing this and where does this start? Skip back to last week. The first place you want to start is having that ability to connect with God, is having that intimate relationship with Jesus that will begin to remove your aloneness, that will begin to cause you to change the way you think, the way you practice to become everything that God has called you to see and you to begin to believe everything that God's called you to be. And it's having that relationship with God and allowing for you to be loved by him. And after I begin to absorb that and after I begin to get that, I begin to transition to the first place where I got to start to make this happen and that's at home. Husbands and wives, it is your number one priority in your relationships to make sure the both of you do not feel alone and then do the same for your kids. Majority of the time when I begin to talk to a married couple that has to do with this situation right here, guys, it always comes and stems out of a place of people feeling alone. Well, but Eric, how does, what do you mean uh, alone? You're with somebody all the time. You sleep next to somebody. You, you do everything with them and you can still feel alone. Absolutely. You feel emotionally alone. And you feel emotionally alone because most of us have no clue or idea how to meet the emotional needs of the person next to us. We have no idea what those emotional needs even are. Most of the time, you and I function out of the needs that you have, and you expect your partner to have the exact same needs. Well, I want to tell you something today. They don't. Their needs are completely different than yours. Each and every one of us has a different emotional need. Now, there might be times where, where you have the same, but it's very rare that you both function the exact same way. And most of the time, we walk around wondering what's wrong when everything else is right. We're wondering what's wrong. It's because we have no idea what it is to meet somebody's emotional needs because you and I are emotionally broken ourselves. So how can I love out of a broken state? That's Jesus' work right there, guys. That's where Jesus begins to come in and begins to put those pieces together. That's where loving God becomes so important because it's in that loving him that he begins to repair, restore, and renew you. And through that process, you'll begin to find out what those needs are. And some of you blankly staring right now thinking, what are my needs? I'm not even talking about what everyone brings up when we start talking about this kind of stuff. The first thing everyone thinks, the five love languages. Not even talking about that, guys, because those, a lot of that even has to do with just physical stuff. 
right? Physical touch, gifts, 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 <laughs> gifts, gifts. Drop all, I only have one, gifts. But those are like things that are external most of the time. And yet that's what we try to relate everything to. That's what we come back to. Well, well, I do this for them and I do that for them. That's fine and that's dandy, but you're really not meeting their emotional needs. If you haven't gone through this yet and, and you haven't done an, an emotional need assessment, I didn't put the link on this, but if you want it, I'll give it to you. And there's an actual assessment that you can take on your smartphone that gives you your top three emotional needs. And I promise you, it will revolutionize any relationship that you're in because you'll know how to love that person now. Because if you aren't loving your wife and you're not loving your husband well, guess what? Your kids are really in for a disaster. Because you won't know how to love them. Because I'll tell you this, your kids have emotional needs too. Your kids have needs emotionally that need to be met. And if you don't know how to do that, then they're never going to learn how to be loved either. My kids have taken this assessment. My wife has taken it. I've taken it. We all take it and we know our spiritual, uh, our, our emotional needs. And it was a long time, and I'm just going to be honest, as, as a husband, it took me about five to six years to really realize that the things I was doing for my wife, although they were good, they weren't the things that were feeding her. They weren't the things that were meeting her emotional needs. So the first five years of marriage, I thought I was a rock star. Man, I'm best husband ever, but come to find out that my wife felt alone. How could that happen? How, how, how are you feeling like this? Why are you feeling like this? We, we do this and we do that and we have all these things going on, but yet we feel alone. So I really, and, and at that time, I didn't have the tools. I didn't have the resources. The only thing that I had the ability to do was talk to my wife and say, hey, what's going on? Where am I missing the mark and how can I change this? And through that process of communication, that process of talking, we got to a place where I was able to understand more what her needs were, and she understood more of what my needs were. And it's a process. Talk to single people here for a little bit here. Understand your identity as a child of God. Right now, you, you might not be in the relationship that you have with somebody that, that, that can meet a lot of those emotional needs, but you do have somebody, when you come to identifying yourself as a child of God, the Lord now begins and is able to meet those, spirit, those emotional needs for you. And now you need to begin to live in them and walk them out. And then once you really assess and, and understand that, then surround yourself with people that are going to help you feel less alone. Single people. Most of the time, what, 
what ends up happening in this stage here is, yeah, you know what? I, I kind of understand this here. I've, you know, kind of got my, kind of got my heart wrapped around that. I'm starting to see God. I'm starting to see God. I'm starting to see the way he sees me. But then you go out and completely surround yourself with people who question what that is. You begin to hang out with people who question who God is. And then you find yourself in this tug of war going back and forth, wanting to hear what God has to say, but then also beginning to believe what your friends have to say. And you're battling back and forth. And before you know it, you lose. Before you know it, you find yourself siding with the friends that aren't making you feel less alone. You're finding yourself even more alone, but wanting to be accepted by the people around you. And that's a disaster spiraling out of control. But you can control that. You can control what that is, guys. You can control how and who you give yourself to. And you want to constantly find people that are going to help you feel less alone. If you're not part of a life group, you're probably not surrounding yourself with people that are going to help you feel less alone. That's why we are prioritizing those, why we're making those such a big deal, because we want you to be surrounded by people that are going to help you feel less alone. Get connected. Get plugged in. Make sure you're surrounded by people, guys, that are, that are loving you the way God loves you. Because once we learn that, then we get to the final spot here where we make it your passion to remove everyone's aloneness that God would have you cross paths with. Because once you're being loved, what, what, what instantly happens from that point is you learn how to give love away. And then you have to now become passionate about removing everyone's aloneness. Loving God, loving people. And it comes from you not feeling alone. But I hate knowing that most of us feel alone way too often. We feel alone way too often, guys. And it's something that I know the Lord wants to break through in. He is knocking. He is at your door wanting to come in and begin to help you with removing that. And would you let him do that? Would you let him do that this morning even? This morning, would you let him remove that aloneness from your life? And know that you have a savior. Know that you have somebody who cares dearly about you and wants the best for you because he needs you here to be that part and be that portion of helping remove that aloneness from other people. That's why he's called you here. That's why, that, that's why you exist on this planet right now is to be his mouthpiece to speak the gospel in such a way that it loves people into the kingdom. And part of that loving is removing people's aloneness. And until we can overcome that, guys, loving people is going to be very hard. 
Loving people is not going to be something that comes very easily. The one thing that I've come to to know and learn about this more than anything, guys, is I have met people. This is this is one of the this is one of the greatest testimonies that I get to watch over and over is I'll meet somebody and people will say, this guy's a very introverted person. They don't talk much. They don't, they're this and they're that. They're really quiet. They fall in love with Jesus. Their aloneness gets removed and you can't shut them up. And that's what's awaiting all of us guys is when you and I come to that loving relationship with Jesus and that's all that matters and that's all that we're about, you won't be able to shut up about telling people who Jesus is and what he's done in your life. Why that board means so much to me back there. Because every time I, I, I look back there and I see one of those tags, you know what I want to say? Victory. Victory. God did it again. He did it again. And that's what he's doing over and over and over, guys. So we would become people who love others unconditionally. The other thing you're going to find yourself doing is finding and loving people that you hate. No one in here hates anybody though, right? Good, a good group of people here. But for those of you that struggle with hating people, I'll talk to that a little bit. When you begin to have your aloneness removed, you'll forget what it is to hate people. You'll forget what it is to be annoyed with people. You'll forget what it is to be impatient with people. Because there's a grace that God's going to give you for people that's going to change their lives. I said their lives, not just your life, their lives. Because he's going to impart that in you and he's going to do that through you. If you can be someone that learns to not be alone anymore and learn how to remove others' aloneness. It's a game changer. Testimony and then we'll, we'll close up here. Everybody ever been in a lunchroom of some kind? Whether at school, whether at work, wherever that is, right? You know the, then you know what I'm, what I'm talking about. Young man, new, sitting having lunch by himself. All by himself, right? Anybody ever been in that situation where that's you by yourself, Right? And I had a really good friend who was really good at loving people where they are. Just, just really good at making people not feel alone. And I remember, the, I remember watching this because I was working. I was working and I was, saw this person and I couldn't go do anything, but my friend was able to. And I, and I remember I was, on, I was on the phone, I, w- I was talking, and, and, um, but I'm watching this kind of unfold and he's over here sitting by himself and I see my friend over here kind of looking at him going this guy need you know I'm going to go sit with him and I watch him get up and he pulls a chair right next to him and sits down with him and that guy was sitting at the table eating lunch kind of hunched over 
you know, kind of, you could just tell he was feeling very alone. And my friend comes up, pulls a chair right next to him. And this guy goes from hunched over eating to upright, and a smile cracks on his face. And I just witnessed aloneness being removed. And this guy over here ended up becoming one of our great friends. All because one person took the initiative to come over here and remove someone's aloneness. Changed everything. Changed the outcome of this guy's marriage. At the time, he was struggling, guys. He, he was feeling not only alone at work, he was feeling alone at home. And we begin to, to, to surround this guy with, this, with these influences and removing that aloneness from him that had actually changed the state of his marriage. And to, to this day, they're, they're still married. They're living happily ever after. They're doing all those things, all because somebody's aloneness was removed. And that's what God's charged us to do now. That's what he's charging us. And that's part of the vision of who we are. And what we're trying to do here is to make you feel a little less alone than the first time we met you. That's our hope. That's our desire. And we're trying to replicate that over and over and over and over again. If you're here this morning and you're feeling alone, maybe you're feeling alone in your marriage. We're going to get real vulnerable here right now, guys, okay? No special music, nothing. It's just us and Jesus right now. If you're in here this morning and you're feeling alone, and again, that might be even within the context of your marriage. Maybe it's just where you are in this season that God has you in right now. Maybe you're in a new place and you're trying to figure out what's going on and what's happening. Or whatever situation you find yourself in this morning that you feel alone. I want to pray with you this morning. But I want you to, there's something, guys, and I, and I just believe this, and, and no one's ever going to, no one's ever going to change my mind about this either. I believe it's the initiative of the person who feels a certain way to take the first step. You know what I'm saying? And that initiative in a place like this and a moment like, like we're about to have is, is an initiative of just standing up. If we were standing up, I'd tell you to sit down. But this morning, because you're seated, I, I'm going to ask you to stand up. Because I also want you to see that you're not the only one that feels like that. The enemy comes in when you begin to feel this way and that's where that unhealthy thinking comes in. Those negative thoughts begin to take place. It's in that moment there that when you get to that place, the enemy begins to bombard you and begins to tell you you're not good enough 
And guess what? You're the only one that feels like this. No one else is going through this. Every other married couple is perfect. They're great. They have no issues. Single people, you know, uh, no, you're the only one that feels alone right now. You're the only one who feels isolated. You're the only one. It's just you. Those are all lies. They're all lies. And for those that have begun to believe that, and you've begun to process that, this prayer for you is going to be a prayer that begins to shatter that this morning. And hopefully you begin to believe the truth that God speaks over you. And that truth is that you're not alone. That you're wanted. That he's seeking you. That he's chasing after you. He wants to be a part of your life. He wants to meet your needs. That's the truth this morning, not the lies that you're wanting yourself to be filled with at this moment for whatever reason that is. So if you're here this morning and you're feeling alone, would you take a stand with me right now? And we're just gonna pray with you. If that's you, this is a vulnerable place, guys. This is just vulnerability. Yeah, it's vulnerable. It's vulnerable. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, good, good, good. Jesus, Jesus. Lord, just like you did for Adam, God, just like you cried out for your son and you called and you said you were gonna remove his aloneness, God, I pray that in each and every one of these individuals that's standing right now, I pray that they would feel your presence right now, God. They would feel your embrace right now, Lord. They would feel it, Lord. They would be absorbed. Lord, they would absorb it right now. That any lies that the enemy has spoken, Lord, anything that the enemy has tried to communicate, God, we break those off. We break those lies in the name of Jesus right now. And we pray for your truth to be spoken over them, Lord. We pray for your truth to be what anchors them from this point forward. That they know that they are found. They are no longer lost. And I pray that you'd begin to surround them with people, Lord, that would help them know just how found they are. That there would be new relationships that would begin to be built out of this very moment right here. Best friendships, Lord. I pray for marriages that are represented right here. I pray for healing and restoration in those marriages in the name of Jesus, God. That they would learn how to meet each other's needs. They would learn how to meet each other's emotional needs. And they would use the resources and the tools to get them through that. So Lord, we thank you for finding us, Lord. We thank you that you're in the business of making us feel less alone. And we welcome that this morning, God. And we thank you for it this morning. In Jesus' name, amen.